All right, Andy, my boy, it's another episode of America's Hometown Horror. And before we get going, I just want to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, and tonight's sponsor is HelloFresh. Yet again, Fresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking... And get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, your first order, the number one meal kit with HelloFresh. I would not recommend eating HelloFresh and then watching this movie tonight. No, it'd be more like Hello Vomit. Hello Vomit, yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) With that being said, away we go. (laughs) What's up, everyone? What is up? What is going on? And welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror, the second of two episodes dropping this week, a very special week. And tonight, I am joined by my esteemed co-host. Hmm? There's an empty chair over here. Uh, hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Yeah, where, yeah, are where are you? Where are you? And uh, that's my buddy, Andrew. What's up, pal? What's up, man? It's a little bit weird. I know. I've never been on an episode. I mean, I've, we've never, I've never done an episode where it's just you and me. I know. It's actually, this should be fun tonight. I've just I know. been wondering, like... Who am I going to make fun of now? I, I know. Well, you, you could make fun of me, but it's I more could, fun to make fun of Cat. usually have similar thoughts, and Cat's more fun. Yeah. Cat's I'll make fun of her anyway, even though she's yeah. not here. I, I will I will say that Cat, uh, you know, as much as we bust Cat's balls, it's all out of love, and she does take it in stride very well, most of the time. Most of the time. And she, and she gives she it dishes, right back. She dishes it out. Yeah. I wouldn't make fun of Cat if I didn't love her. Of course. And if she didn't make fun of me. Yeah. So. What's up, Cat? if you're listening? Which you won't be. No. Uh, she listened. Yeah. No. She's no. not one of our listeners. That's correct. She is one of our contributors, not one of our listeners. Better. But what's up, pal? What's going on? Not much. Just enjoying this... Mid-fall weather. It was like summer today. Yeah, today today was a little uh, little little, little, little steamy. Kind of gross. Little little steamy Ravon. I'm I'm getting ready for those nice 65 degree days. Yeah, I know. Breeze, overcast. Me too. Done with this summer weather. I'm with you. So now that it's uh, it's officially out there in the ether. And we have released our episode where we interviewed Mary Barrett Costello from Barrett's Haunted Mansion. Mansion, excuse me, the owner of Barrett's Haunted Mansion. you know, we were up there last night, got a chance to go through everything and take a look behind the scenes before it all opens. Um, what do you think of the whole experience? Obviously, spoiler-free because it's not open yet. We don't want to ruin anything no. for anyone that hasn't gone yet. But what do you think? I got to say, shout-out to Mary yeah. and the crew that we met there. I wasn't expecting to get a behind-the-scenes tour of the upcoming Barrett's yeah. exhibits, and that was awesome. Like, being they able really to treated see us it, great. Being able to see it before, like, I mean, it's almost fully done. They still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Being able to see it in the light of day made it so much, you get so much more uh, appreciation for what they actually do. Yeah. Because, like, like we were saying last night, like, when you go through there just as a guest, half the time you're not even, you, you miss so much because you're just trying to get through this thing without being scared shitless that you <laughs> yeah. miss a lot of the intricacies of it but they yeah. do a, they, they hit every they dot every i in that place yeah cross every t everything yep. in between 
I mean, I, I almost, I mean, so we essentially last night we got the lights on tour. Yeah, basically. Um, and it wasn't, even, it, wasn't even com- it wasn't even completed <laughs> yet. And I, I mean, they are so far along, but it's just, it's, it's insane. Like, at that point, they were three days away from opening. And it seemed like they, they were still working round the clock to get everything ready to well, go. we got there, what, Friday 6 night. o'clock, and they were still there? Yeah. Banging it out. Oh, and like, I think they, they, had, cr- a, they had a lot time. more to go. A it's lot more to time. go. So um, I know they'll be raring and ready to go on Friday night. As of now... We're slated to go there on Friday night, on opening night, to uh, go through the attractions. Safe to say you're a little nervous about walking through all this shit in the dark? Yeah, that that is going to be very scary. Yeah. I, that. So I'm trying to think. So so the only haunted houses that you've walked through... Is Barrett's. Were, were, when did you go to Barrett's? I've been to Barrett's like twice. I was there about eight years ago, and then like probably early 2000s. Okay. So the only the only haunted houses that you've walked through since we started this podcast was when we went to Spooky World last year, yeah. right? Because Barrett's didn't well, yeah. have that. No, Barrett's just Barrett's. had the screens and screams. Yep. So yeah, they. I mean, I, I think you know, Spooky World is what it is. They do a good job. Barrett's does a great job. Well, the thing is too, even knowing what's going to happen, yeah, makes it a little bit scarier. I think because I know it's coming. Yeah. But you don't know where it's coming from. I know. It's I know. like, and the ideas, the concepts behind them, they're so good yeah. that it's like, this is absolutely terrifying. And th- they have a really diverse array of themes in all the rooms. Everything looked so cool. Yeah. I just can't wait to see it all finished and walking through it and getting scared and, you know, obviously keeping it spoiler free. But, you know, as of now, as I said, we're, we're planning on going Friday night and we're going to drop a full review of the event next week i will tell everyone too one little tidbit that's not a spoiler mm-hmm. and we were told by the owner herself mary why are you going opening night yeah and she's right like they're still working out the kinks so if you go there opening night if you go there opening weekend just remember it's, a work it's in always progress. a work in progress yeah so it's gonna still scare the fucking shit out of you yeah. that's for sure i can guarantee that mm-hmm. but i would recommend if you go opening weekend Maybe go like two weeks later and yeah. see how it changes. Like it's what what can hurt from going more than once? You're gonna of have course. a great time. You're gonna have a great meal afterwards at the Abington Ale House. Yeah, like you're gonna. It's gonna be awesome. I would say so. A little inside info. I would just say the reason that we're going so early is because obviously we wanted to get the interview with Mary out before the season kicked off, and I wanted to get the review of this year out early in the season so that if people wanted to hear our thoughts on it before they went, I mean, they're going to go anyway, but if they wanted to hear what we thought of it, it's out early enough in the season that they have plenty of time to still go. I would also like to, while I have the stage, uh, sure. apologize for my comment last year to Barrett's when I said, <laughs> I can't believe they're charging $3 for a can of soda. Yeah. After finding out that everyone working there were volunteers and that they were barely breaking even with what they were doing with the um, screams and scenes. Screams and scenes? Uh, or scenes and screams, however you want to say Screens and screams. Screens and screams. It's a, t- it's a bit of a tongue twister. bit of a tongue twister. I would just like to bring that back a notch. As someone that owns a business and runs a business and is it's hard to be profitable, $3 for a can of soda, I will pay that every time if it means that they can stay open and do what they do. Yeah. So it was well worth it. I, I think... If I had to, you know, sum up our visit there yesterday in a couple of thoughts, I would say the passion that everyone that works there has for this event is palpable. Oh. 
everyone loves working there. Um, everyone seems to love Mary, and by all accounts, everything I've read, everything I've heard from people, she is a great owner to work for and let you be creative and treat you well, which, I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. No, she seems like a great person to work for. The, yeah. The passion oozes like the blood from the severed limbs of the... Uh, yes. Uh, of many people in attractions. this movie, right? <laughs> or in this movie, too, <laughs> yeah. that we're going to be talking yeah. about. Jesus Christ. So, and actually, to your point about what you were saying about Barrett's beforehand, I actually think the most bang for your buck, having gone to Barrett's, probably, I've gone at least 10 times, probably more, I'd say probably closer to 15 over the years, the best bang for your buck is if you go for uh, Bite and Fright, or Fright and Bite, whatever it is, which basically you can go on Thursday or Sunday night, and if you do that, uh, you basically, you can get a meal at the Abington Ale House, and your ticket for a fixed price. That's the best deal that Oh, that offer. sounds awesome. Yeah, I would do that good. in a heartbeat. And they're actually, I mentioned this on the episode that we released, uh, you know, uh, on the Mary interview episode, but... They're offering an upgraded version of that this year called the R.I.P. Bite and Fright Experience, where essentially you go, I think she said it's in a, in a separate section of the restaurant, but you go, you get one of the meals that you pick, you get a ticket to the house, and you also, like, while you're eating, the actors interact with you, like, while you're oh, eating. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And that was, for the, that was the $50 R.I.P. I, so ticket the, price that I saw? There's an R.I.P. ticket where basically that just gets you, like, to the front of the line. It's like an express pass. That's what that is. Okay. Yeah. So I, I actually, uh, forgive me, I don't know what the Well, I was looking with Craig earlier today because Craig cost, was but, curious what yeah. it would cost to get in. Yeah. It looked like the regular ticket was, like, 30 bucks. Oh, that nerd should totally come with us. He's got nothing I to told do and, and you know how Craig is. He's a curmudgeon and uh-huh. he doesn't like fun and everything's he, yeah, Craig, expensive. Craig's not like fun. Blah, yes. blah, blah. $30. Yeah. I'm like, Craig, you spent $30 on like three beers in seven minutes when we go to the bar, so <laughs> shut up. Totally true. Yeah. All right, cool. So, yeah, if you haven't yet, check out our episode where we interview Mary Barrett Costello. I had a blast doing it. I just, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, this doing this show, not to get weird, is, is just opened so many doors for us and just, you know, working with not only Mary last night and getting to interview the owner of Barrett's Haunted Mansion, but only like that and working with like Spooky World the movie. I can't believe some of the doors that this has opened for us, and I just I'm so humbled by oh, the whole thing. It was awesome. I mean, we, and I got to yeah. say too, the only thing that was more horrifying than the actual uh, exhibits, I would call them mm-hmm. exhibits, scenes, scenes. Yeah. Was uh, how much you sweat during that interview? Oh my god, I was <laughs> dying. So I, was like, I mean, is yeah. Craig here? No, yeah, that's no, I, I was. I mean, boring. I'm, it, was, I'm, it was toasty in there. I'm a large man. I've lost. Uh, I've lost quite a bit of weight, but I'm still a, a big a big man. I'm I'm big and tall, and uh, we we actually haggers. Yeah, haggers? no, no, no. I, I, I don't I don't have no. haggers. I don't need to shop at DXL or anything like that. I'm not that big. No, you're not big at all. Um, I think you just. Sweat I'm a just lot. always hot. I'm always hot, and we so we actually sat at a table. In at the Abington Ale House and interviewed Mary for that interview, and it was closed for the day, so the AC wasn't on. Yeah. And when we sat down, immediately I was just dripping sweat. It was so funny when she's like, "Should she, I open that door?" Yeah, she <laughs> called me right up. She I was like, like yeah, "She was yeah, like, oh my god, are you all right?" I was like, "Yeah, sorry, I'm just uh, you know just sweaty, just dripping on the yeah, microphone, just here, those uh, sweaty Walsh jeans." Thanks, Mom and Dad. Sweaty hands and sweaty everything, you know, clam hands, but. Lamb <sighs> Watch anything go over the last week besides good old NFL football. I was gonna say other my than friend. Red Zone for in football for about Patriots. twelve hours. Yep. And the movie we're gonna talk about tonight. Watch yeah. that. Yeah. Really haven't had time to watch yeah. anything. I mean, it's been Thursday night I watched football. Mm. Friday was yeah. whatever that was. Yeah. So So Kat when Kat and I got home last night, we checked out one more episode of American Horror Stories. 
and it was okay. It was uh, it was a Christmas themed one, and it was I think probably the weakest one that we watched so far. We so we have a couple left. We're just we have had so much going on between the podcast and work and everything else that I haven't had time to watch a lot of TV, and there's so much stuff I want to watch. I haven't watched any of the new season of American Horror Story. Haven't finished American Horror Stories. Um, These are all uh, things yeah. that we're gonna have to catch up on. I know after the Halloween season because there's no time. Well, there literally is only no time. so many hours in the we're, day. We're 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 podcast mode like yeah. three days of the week. I feel yeah. like right now. I agree. Like, what is it going to be for the three podcasts? I mean, so I I think we're looking at for the next couple of weeks probably at least like not at least we're probably looking at like two episodes a week for the next three weeks. Yeah, just so you guys know, we're working overtime and we're not getting yeah. paid extra for this. Yeah, so. we we believe me, we know this is our uh, our big time season and this is where we uh, you know people tend to listen to us the most, so we're prepared for that. So, you know, with that being said, uh, without uh, you know, we kind of shared our thoughts and everything else that was going on. You ready to jump into malignant? No news, huh? No news. I don't have no any news. news. No news. No news is no good news. No news is good news, yes. Oh, uh, you know, if Kat was here right now. Oh, Kat, wait, what do you think about no news? Oh, wait. No, she's not here. All right, okay. Ready to talk some malignant? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Well, uh, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I don't even know if I know where to begin with this movie tonight. Um, I guess I'll say first and foremost that, um, you know, this movie has kind of been highlighted for me since the beginning, or since, like, not since the beginning of this year, but, you know, when they announced this movie was going to be happening, when it first came out, the news came out that this was happening, James Wan was coming off directing Aquaman, so a huge superhero movie that made a lot of money and did well for DC. Um, and then it broke that he was going to be returning to his horror roots and was going to direct a completely original story horror movie. Not too many details out in addition to that, excuse me. So, you know, I feel like when that news kind of breaks, you hear James Wan, you hear original story, he's a great horror director, and there aren't too many original stories out there anymore. I mean, there are, but not too many big budget releases that are original stories. Most things nowadays are franchises, which I mean, you know, say what you will about them. Obviously, those are what they are. But I think there's something to be said for original ideas, and oh my god, was this an original, uh, Not e- I don't even know if an original idea is the right way to say it, but a unique twist on an idea that's been done different times. Like, I don't even know if I know like how to word this, so maybe think, I'll just kick I, it to you first. I don't think it's been done. This, this was like a benign tumor that in 45 minutes started to take over your entire body. Yeah. Like, because, like, I'll be honest. Spoilers. The, uh... <laughs> The first, the opening scene to this movie, like, bef- like before the title comes mm-hmm. out, you know, like that, I was like, this is the cheesiest B-list bullshit fucking movie I've ever watched in my life. That o- The opening of this movie sucked so hard, and I don't know if it was intentional. Oh, see, I liked it. But I thought it was so corny, such bad acting, mm. that I was like, what am I about to watch? Like, I hate, I, like, I almost checked out after about five minutes of this, and then... Then it got, like, it was almost like it was intentional. Like, it was trying to, like, because I don't want to say it's a throwback, but it's almost a throwback to, like, kind of cheesy, gory horror. See, I think it's it's definitely a throwback. It's a, yeah, because, like, I was watching, and it, well, maybe the, maybe what surprised me so much was that I'm like, this is a James Wan movie, and it's starting off, like, 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 almost, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a comparison 
but it started off like a movie that I'd be like randomly find on Amazon Prime and be like, "What am I watching?" Yeah, like some '80s movie, and I was like, "It was." It seemed. I looking back, I feel like it was intentional that they yes. did it the way they did. Yes. But yeah, I I feel like this embraced the campiness mm-hmm. and the B movie style of horror. Which is very different from... I think it, 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 it's a testament to James Wan's range as a director and a storyteller, yes. right? Because Saw, The Conjuring, Insidious, those are all movies that are meant to be taken like very, very seriously. seriously. Yeah, and exactly. this one is not. Well, it's given away in the first five minutes that it's not to be taken seriously. Yeah. And I was like, what am I watching? Kind of just like sit back, Buckle up and enjoy the fucking yeah. ride. And when you buckle up, you better have that double buckled because Ooh. you're getting fucking thrown uh, around. And a barf bag. Yeah. And everything in between. I mean, talk about a kill count. Yeah. <laughs> Through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you said you weren't a fan of the opening scene. I thought the opening scene was intriguing. It piqued my attention. So here's what I'll say. Having piqued watched the movie fully, I'm fine with the opening scene now. Yep. Initially... I didn't like it. I thought it was... I'm like, this isn't a James Wan movie. Like, what am I watching right now? Like, what is this? This seems like they hired some bad actors. And now looking back on it, it kind of makes more sense. But I I still don't like the opening scene. Okay, that's fair enough. I thought it kind of grabs you right from the beginning. It's interesting. The acting was, I think, intentionally bad. That's it. Like, you know, it's like like a, a, a... It's it's a... It's a... A horror trope, right? You're in a an insane asylum, and there's basically a storm going on. It's this like gothic castle up on a hill. The alarm's going off. You don't know what's going on, and then the doctor comes out like, "Oh my god! It seems like he's feeding on and speaking through the electricity." Dude, I, yeah. And then I was like, like okay. "One of the scenes too." I was like, "Is this fucking Jurassic okay, Park dude. with the raptor cage?" Yeah, you actually did say that. That was actually sticks yeah. his arm. And yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, arm he's gets ripped snapped off. off. I was like, "Is there a?" He's like trying to stick a tranquilizer gun in there, but obviously, like, so I, I thought, like, you know, you didn't know what was going on. Then you see like the suggestion of some creature behind that like plastic rap, whatever. You don't know what it is, right? And I thought that kind of grabbed me from the beginning, and it didn't really let go. Um, the movie only gets wackier by the minute. And then it gets absolutely full-on, batshit, fuck-nuts bananas in the last 20, 25 minutes. What are you even, like, it was almost an hour of batshit crazy. It, it might even have been longer than that. Longer than that, excuse me. I just remember, like, I, we... So we watched it... Um, we watched it at home on HBO Max, and I was one point like I paused it to like get up to go to the bathroom, and I looked at it and I was like, "Wow, there's half an hour left here. Like, I wonder how this is gonna end." And then all that shit like happened like yeah. right after. Almost that. Was, like, now, I kind of wish we saw that in theaters because that I do, <laughs> I do. So that's one thing I will say. You know, obviously, it's nice to watch from the comfort of your own home, and I think for the sake of convenience and time for us, because we had so much going on. It's, it was nice to be able to watch on HBO Max, but I would have preferred to have seen this in the big screen. Well, also, I was fine with watching it on HBO Max because when I went into it, I saw the trailer. I saw this. Yeah, it looks good. looks scary. I just thought it was another paranormal movie that was just going to be mm-hmm. scary with some jump scares and some ghosts and boogity boogities. And yeah. It is not that at all. Yeah, not at all. Not even close. And I feel like your, your opinion on this movie is going to depend on what you thought of those last 25, 30 minutes. Because... To me? 
I'm not saying your opinion. Oh, no, no, no. The opinion of, like, the viewer. Most most people. I fucking loved it. As did I. I love wacky bananas, unrealistic, outside-the-box movies. I know you do. And this movie hit it on every level. We finished watching the movie, and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? And I went, thank God it wasn't just another run-of-the-mill not that his run of the mill, in, not that Insidious or The Conjuring are run of the mill, but they kind of are compared to this movie. Yeah, like this movie hits on so many different levels that I, like you said, I don't even know where to start, what to compare it to. Like it's yeah. difficult to think of something yeah. to compare this movie to. So I love this movie. I yeah. personally think this is far and away my favorite horror movie of the year, and I don't even think it's close. Um. This blows everything else that I've seen this year out of the water. It's better than uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. It's better than Candyman. It's better than the Fear Street trilogy. It's better than Quiet Place 2. It's better than anything else that I've seen. Yeah, I would say it hits the mark. Oh, wait, hold on, one second. Time out. What? A uh, cat has something. A uh, cat's beeping in. Nope. She has something she likes to say. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I didn't really like the background <laughs> actors. They were kind of boring. I'd replace them with Ted Danson and meh, meh, meh. and Matthew McConaughey and Colin Farrell and yeah. I just I just uh, we we Good can't calls, let her, we can't let her not. Good calls, cat. Good calls, cat. Um, but yeah, I I just think this is the the fact again. I like I can't state this enough. The fact that this is an original story. It gets extra points for me because I it, I feel like it's just like. The creativity in this is so outlandish and crazy mm-hmm. that it, it, it's just it's it's incredible, and I think this just does nothing but add to the legacy of one James Wan as a director. Um, I mean, he's kind of said in interviews since this has come out, and even before that, this is kind of his take on a uh, a giallo style uh, horror movie. Which, if you don't know what that is, that basically is a style of horror movie that was popularized by Italian filmmakers like Dario Argento. Uh, basically, so that type of thing. And I think you can see that influence here. Do you even do you really like those types of movies, though? I'm generally not a fan of those movies. So, like, I, I think probably the most popular... Suspiria. Suspiria. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Suspiria. I'm Did not. you ever seen Neon Demon? I've never seen Neon Demon, Which but I've heard... Was I've, a, I should. It was, it's not... It's inspired, like another one. Yeah. And they're weird, and they're interesting, and they're different, and they're a little bit... The thing about those is they're they're gory, and they're gross. Yeah. But I don't think they ever get to this level of, like... Yeah. This, like, was, like, a giallo yeah. with, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, scream yeah. mixed in, like, yeah. just absolute bonkers. So, shit. I mean, I guess, like, without reading off, a sh- like, reading off a definition, my understanding of the giallo style of filmmaking is basically it is a beautifully shot, extremely gory, slasher type of horror movie that has a lot of sex and is basically has some supernatural elements tied in. This movie, no sex, though. No sex. No was sex. Was there even any sex? Uh, I don't think so. No, there was actually... I mean, there wasn't even a... Was an, there, an incredible lack of sex. Was there even and, a boob? And an all-time uh, asshole husband-boyfriend, whatever, in the beginning of the movie. Holy fitting. fuck. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's always going to be a thing. Um. So, yeah, and I, I think... So, I was, I was kind of researching this, you know, after we watched the movie. We watched it a couple days ago. I was looking at, like, some of the movies that they claim to have, you know, giallo influence. Two that stuck out to me. Halloween. Oh, I could feel that. Yep. Immediately. And 
7. I got insane 7 vibes from this movie for a couple of different reasons, and I'd be interested to know if you picked up on them because I know you love 7 as much as I. Credits? Opening credits. Yep. And then you have the detectives kind of... The constant rain in the city all the time. It's always raining in seven. Uh, yeah, every scene was it raining all the time? In this the movie? police, in, yeah, in yeah, most of it. In most scenes, it was. Yeah, the police station in this movie seemed very similar to the police station in Seven, where it's very open, the the desks like that type of thing. But I think most of all, what reminded me of that was Detective Kakoa Shaw, the chase scene where he's chasing Gabriel. Yep. When he finds him, after he finds that murder, and he's chasing him like down the side of the building into the underground tour, that reminded me of Brad Pitt chasing John Doe in Seven a lot. Which, when you see him going down the fire escape the way that guy was, I would have stopped chasing. It was funny. He was, like, he was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, and yeah. then yeah, it was it was wild. It was wild. And I think we have a lot to say about Gabriel, the killer in this movie. We'll we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought it reminded me a lot of. It was inspired by several different movies, and Seven was one that I like. I, I love that movie so much. Anytime I see references or influences, it kind of catches my eye, which I thought was funny because when we covered uh, the Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It, which was produced by James Wan, not directed. Mm-hmm. I remember we talked about the fact that he said a, like a focal point of influence for that particular movie was Seven, and I saw nothing from Seven in that movie. That movie stunk. I always find it interesting when you find out what their influences for their movies are because a lot of times it doesn't mesh up with what you think. Yeah. And maybe that's just, maybe it's a subconscious thing for them. Like, they don't realize that that's what they're doing, but they are, and they had something else in mind when they were coming up with it. Maybe they watched some movie that sparks some sort of interest and that's why. Because you never really know what, it's amazing what sparks your imagination. It can be the littlest thing. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with what you're actually trying to do, which is right. interesting about it. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, so we kind of I already kind of gave my thoughts here, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts as well. So this is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh movie from this year that we've covered. Uh, the year tw- of our Lord, 2021. Some of the other movies that we've covered, Spiral from the Book of Saw, the Fear Street trilogy, uh, wrong. Oh, so this is the movies that I've seen. Excuse me, Wrong Turn. We covered Candyman. We covered A Quiet Place Part Two. We covered The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. We covered uh, Godzilla vs Kong, and I also saw Willy's Wonderland. So where does this rank for you in 2021? Like, did you find? Um, is there anything better than this? So for you, I liked. I, I liked Candyman. I liked A Quiet Place too. Yeah. I liked. You know, those movies were good. I thought Candyman was great. Yeah. But this movie gives this year a reason to be relevant, in my opinion. Like, this movie is a standalone, like, you can't rate this with those other movies, because it's so original, it's so different, it's so weird, it's so gory, and it's so good, Yeah, that it kind of saved the year for horror, I think. Yeah. We're coming into heavy hitter season, though. We so should be, we, I yeah. know. So we should be in there, but... I mean, right now it's number one yeah. for me. Yeah, me too. And this this is easily the standout for me. It, it takes the biggest swings. I think it, it hits home runs everywhere. And it's it's just, I feel like everything else this year, for the most part, has kind of been like milk toast. Pretty good, like, 
but not great movies. I think everything else has been okay to pretty good. I think this is like a bold statement, and I think it's my favorite. This like I, I feel like this is a very abrasive movie. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that's looked back upon in several years, and it's going to be a classic. Yep. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And so for me, there's like three movies that this kind of reminds me of but doesn't have anything to do with them for the most part. Yeah. And that would be The Void, which I don't I really know why. Yeah. I think of The Void when I think of this movie. I think maybe the overall atmosphere, the weirdness of it that just... Uh, I don't know. There's something about it that it just mm. draws me. And th- those are the type of movies that draw me in. The yeah. Void is one of them. Um, the other movie would be Sinister for some reason draws me in. Maybe it's kind of like the Boogeyman thing. Yeah. And The Attic and like all that stuff. Like I really like that movie. I also th- that thought that that movie when it came out was very unique for what it did. Yeah. Like it was one of those movies that will be remembered for forever because it was so different. It was so weird. But at the same point in time it hit all those perfect aspects of a horror movie. Yeah. Like this movie did. And then the third movie would be The Dark Half which I mm. feel like nobody's fucking seen and people need to watch oh, that movie yeah, and that it. movie needs to get some respect. Timothy Hutton, that might baby. Be, that might be one of Stephen King's best uh, that may be one of the best adaptations of a Stephen King movie um, and it ties in I mean the main character Timothy Hutton who's a writer so aside from the general concept of that movie and this movie nothing is similar but Timothy Hutton had a malignant tumor removed from his head when he was a child turns out it wasn't a tumor it was his it's not the tumor it's not the tumor it was his uh, twin brother conjoined twin mm-hmm. and it never fully was removed so it's influencing him and he's causing yep. him to murder people yep. and do all these things that he didn't realize yeah so other than that movie i can't really think of a movie that this movie like this had to have had strong influences from that movie. oh my god regardless if james Wan says it or not yeah the other th- great thing about so let's give dark half like it's Five it's minutes a of very, fame. very good I movie. I think we should do that movie on that podcast at some point. I'd love to. Um, George Romero directed that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. It's a good movie. And it was probably, I never read the book but from what I've read, it was the truest adaptation of a Stephen King novel that's been made. And that's probably because George Romero and Stephen King were very close friends. Yes, they so were. So they worked together on yep. it very well. But that movie, if you haven't seen it, 1993, Timothy Hutton, George A. Romero, Stephen King, watch it, underrated. Nobody talks about that movie when they talk about Stephen King movies, and I think that needs yeah. to be talked about. It definitely bit. flies under the radar, and I feel like I feel like Malignant takes the concept of the dark half and turns it up to a fifteen out of ten. Oh, maybe even oh, thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So I I have some facts about this movie, but it's again it's new. Uh, but you want to hear some of them? Oh yeah. All right. Cool. I love let's facts. Get, let's get into it. Alrighty. So some factoids about Malignant. Obviously, as we mentioned before, Andrew. This movie is written and directed by James Wan. Again, an original concept and just another movie in James Wan's filmography to establish him as one of the most exciting directors in horror. Between this, Saw, The Conjuring, Insidious, and now Malignant. I mean, he's, he's got to be up there with like Jordan Peele. Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, Robert Eggers as one of the most exciting horror directors out there. I think he's probably one. Jordan Peele might be like one A. I mean, Jordan Peele will eventually catch up to him. 
Yeah. Assuming he continues on with what he's been doing. But yeah. James Wan's been doing it for 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, we already mentioned this, but it's a completely original idea, not a franchise or based on anything, which is somewhat of a rarity these days. And as I mentioned, gets extra points for me. Uh, Malignant was actually originally scheduled to be released in the United States on August 14th, 2020 by Warner Brothers. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic bullshit, uh, this film was actually removed from the release schedule in March 2020. In addition to the film's release on HBO Max, James Wan's Malignant also opened in theaters here in the United States this past weekend. Managed, um, managed to scare up just $5.5 million in 3,485 domestic theaters. That is the lowest domestic opening of any horror movie in James Wan's career, a career that has seen the director launch some of the biggest horror franchises in history, and I think that is just simply a symptom of... No one's going to the movies. No one's going to the movies for the pandemic, and I also think the content of the movie is another factor here. But as I said... This is not going to be the most popular horror movie of the year. It's going to be one of the biggest cult movies of this year and going to be remembered as a classic several years Five, from now. Five, ten years, twenty years from now, this Easily. is the movie you're going to be talking about. You're Easily. not going to be talking about Godzilla versus No yeah. One Gives a Fuck. Yep. You're going to be talking about this movie. Yep. Uh, internationally, Malignant has uh, got just under $10 million to date with the world's... With, Jesus Christ. Why don't we just skip that? The production budget for Malignant is reported to be $40 million, so it's unlikely to make back what it needs uh, in theaters alone based on the money. But you got to wonder what HBO Max paid to get this movie. Yeah, I want... I mean... Uh, it so, has to be pretty good. So Warner Brothers owns HBO, which is why they get okay. all the streaming rights to HBO Max. So I, I wonder. I, I don't know. It's, it's, all, uh, it's, all, it's all out there, but unknown. So... I don't know. I feel like you have to look at box office numbers with pandemic stuff differently, obviously, than in years past. I, I think if everything were back to normal, this would be a big movie. I think this would yeah. be a huge movie in the theaters. I also think movie theaters are dead. Yeah, they're dying due to streaming. Yeah, due to doing, having the option of watching this on HBO Max. Well, like, think think about the last like two or three times that we've every been time to we the go, movies. there's nobody there's there. Nobody there. Nobody and there. It's not like it's a bad movie. It's just nobody's going to the movies. Right. People just want to sit on their couch and not do anything. People don't even want to go and get a job, let alone go to the movies. I know. First off, they probably don't have the money to go to the movies because they haven't been working for two yeah, years. I agree. I mean, I, I like going to the movies as much I as anybody. I, I think it's a great experience. It's a night out. It's fun. You get some popcorn, get a you know a cherry slushy, and you know, hang out. But there's something to be said about just being able to hang at home and Drink beers, maybe uh, toke a little reefer and watch a movie, and I think that uh, there's a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, so a prominent feature in this movie is the Seattle Underground Tour. Now, when we were watching this movie the other night, we talked about this. Uh, I've been to Seattle one time. Kat's been twice because she used to have a friend that lived out there. And Kat actually has been on the Seattle Underground Tour. It's an actual thing that you can do in Seattle. It actually exists. That's a real thing, which uh, I knew about at the time when we went to Seattle. I wanted to do it, didn't get a chance to do it, but I completely forgot about it. And I feel like that's such a, r a cool thing. Yeah. Like, that's I feel awesome. like it's like... 
That's like the equivalent, the United States equivalent of like going to the catacombs of Paris or something like that. Oh, Obviously on a much yeah. smaller scale, but uh, I would love to do that. Uh, in the scene where Madison, the main character, is talking to Gabriel, quote-unquote Gabriel on the phone in the bathroom, the camera is angled so that the back of her head is seen in a mirror. So it's as if we see her and Gabriel at the same time during their conversation. Right? So the only negative thing that I would say about this movie is that I kind of... I didn't see the full ending early on, but I kind of was able to pick up on what was going on relatively early in the movie. It all starts when her loser boyfriend, husband, whatever he is, smashes her head into the wall. And after that, she constantly has that open, bleeding head wound. And, like, I, I could have never predicted what happened at the end. No. But I, I knew there was something up there. I had a feeling it was some sort of a conjoined twin or an evil twin or something like that. But, uh, yeah, there's some definite foreshadowing here. Speaking of Gabriel, let's talk about Gabriel. So James Wan shared that, uh, you know, in Gabriel's more physical parasitic form, they turned to special effects. So, you know, spoiler territory here. So when, like, I honestly thought, like, the, the biggest holy shit what the fuck moment of the movie for me was when they actually are watching, uh, so her sister and her mother are watching the tape of her as a child, and they pan the camera over and you see... Gabriel poking out of the yeah. back of her head with like the hands and the, like that was so fucked up uh, but that actually was special effects and specifically animatronics to bring him to life you get a glimpse of those animatronics during the opening and the flashbacks on videotape but for the movement based scenes multiple performers gave life to Gabriel most notably a contortionist named Marina Mazepa Mazepa? Mazepa? I don't know how to pronounce it, but... Marzipan? So there was actually an actor that is a contortionist that was doing those things, like, really? on camera. That's wild. Which, like, and, and I will say, you know, Cat's not here right now. Right, Cat? You're not here? No? Cat, hello? Cat picked up pretty early on in the film. I think it was the, the chase scene between the detective. She was like, is this guy, like, moving backwards? She called it. She mm -hmm. did call it. And I was like, you know what? He kind of is. Um... Good call by her awesome early call. on in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and, and they got a con contortionist to do those scenes. And um, just as a, a point of reference here, obviously this is a movie, a very far-fetched movie, but uh, regarding conjoined twins, okay? By definition, conjoined twins must be identical twins, they result when the initial cell division that would have made them twins does not complete. It is literally impossible to have conjoined twins that are male and female. So this could never happen. It would be possible for Madison to have absorbed a fraternal twin, but that twin would never have developed to the degree that Gabriel did, and there are no medically documented cases of absorbed twins being anything more than foreign tissue or occasionally bone inside their surviving twin. The vast majority of absorbed twins are never even discovered. Well, I mean, so you're saying that this movie isn't realistic? Yes. Yes. Not so, surprising. Yeah, so Cat maybe would probably not find this movie scary because it's not realistic, but I, I thought this was pretty spooky. So, I don't know. That's what I got for facts. Anything, anything to comment on there? I got one fact. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know if they did, but... 
I kind of wrote like part of the story like ten years ago, so <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. You I don't want to get into conspiracy. You should have gotten a writing credit on that. Should have for like, sure. I'll, I'll maybe what I should do is put it on the website. Mm. Put my original short story on the website. Maybe James Wan will well give you a before. retroactive writing credit. He'll be like, "Wow, this mm. guy fucking nailed it!" Because yeah. there's there's subtle parts of it that that's where it makes me go, "Oh, there was that was in there." Granted, this idea is so much better. He obviously did it way better than I could have ever done. Yeah, it. but there are parts in there that are could be contributed to moi. So all I'm saying okay. is. I wrote this 10 years ago. Good job, so. buddy. Good job. Bro. <laughs> I'm a fucking Good job. <laughs> A-list director. <laughs> so in terms of uh, like half-assed analysis, obviously this is a bonkers movie. Did you like feel bonkers. off the top of your head? or Because I, I couldn't really think of anything, and maybe I will as I think about this more and more, because I feel like there's so much to digest here. Did you feel like there were any themes in this movie, like anything this movie was trying to talk about, or like, you know, like any any analysis that you have about this movie. Deeper meaning type of Like, thing. is it woke? No, not like, is it woke, but like, what were they trying to say in this movie? I don't have anything else to really say about, like, what I think this movie means on a deeper level, so... I don't think it does. Yeah. I, I think, think it's it, just meant to, I think to it's shock you and scare you and give you a good movie, time. Yeah. yeah. Alright, cool. Alright, so we'll move on to our categories, but before I do, just a reminder that tonight's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? Well, with HelloFresh, you get pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on your first order of HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Number one. HelloFresh. Number one, Dad. So I, I, I was saying this to you earlier, but I feel like the categories are going to be a little bit more difficult tonight because we don't have cat here, and especially for the, the cat-agory, the first yeah. category. So, Andrew, I'll, I'll ask you first. Did you find this movie to be scary? No. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. it's... So out there, it it just can't be scary because it's impossible that it would ever happen. Yeah. Number one, um, yeah. It w- I mean, it wasn't scary. I don't think it was meant to be scary. Like yeah. I think at the beginning, it was supposed to kind of get you a little scared, like you didn't know what was going on. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was scary. I definitely think it was more shocking and gross. Yeah, it was yeah. just a gore. Yeah, and I actually think that like it's gory. It's extremely gory and shocking. This actually, in the last, like, 20, 25 minutes, turns into, like, an action movie with horror elements, I think. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, which is cool. I liked it. I dug it. So, uh, okay. Let's move on. Did you have a favorite scene? Um, so, aside from the... Like, I love the scene in the jail cell when yeah. they arrested Madison. Yeah. That was wild. Like, Bananas. the amount of death that happened in there uh, was she so good. She just fucks everybody she up. fucks everybody up. Well, she doesn't. Gabriel does. Yeah. Gabriel, yeah. Uh, but one of my, like, if we're talking, like, favorite scenes, like, I thought it was really cool. It was early on in the movie, maybe, like, 30, 45 minutes in, when um, Madison was running through the house trying to get away from this thing, and it was, like, an overhead shot looking down on the house, open, like, an open floor plan. I thought that was really that cool. That was really cool. I like the way they did that. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. 
It was like a, a continuous shot too. Yeah, continuous over shot. Like, like it yep. was like you're looking down on a dollhouse almost, and she's running through it. I thought that was yeah. really cool. I don't think I've seen that in many other movies. Yeah, I like that. Again, a, a testament to James Wan as a filmmaker. I feel like that's a really cool way of. I'm looking sure at it's been done, but yeah, not to that level. Yeah, almost. Um, so yeah, I had it has to be the massacre at the police station. Yeah, first in the jail cell, and then you know Gabriel slash uh, whatever her name is, Madison is killing all the police officers. It, it's especially satisfying when they kill all of those those losers in the fucking jail cell. That was awesome. Not to you get the reveal of what Gabriel actually is. That was yeah, that awesome. was weird. And, and when she transforms stuff. into Gabriel, I was like, holy. And you can shit. still see her face. Like, yeah, the on that her. was like, so crazy. Like, I, I feel like uh, I, I was talking to Craig the other day at the shop about this movie. Like at, the day after we watched it, and I was just like, he asked how it was, and I just said, I, I, I don't even know if I can describe this movie. You to can't. You. Like, you I don't know if I could. Like, it's, you have to watch it to. believe yeah. It's like you got to see it to believe it. Yeah. Um, I will say that I also really enjoyed. Um, shit. Fuck. I can't remember what I was just about to say. <laughs> oh, man, that's so annoying. I can't stand that. We'll continue on, and I'll remember it at some point. All right, but. well, when you do, let me know. Um, I The only fav- like favorite quote is the next category. And the only one that I could think of uh, was, it's time to cut out the cancer. I don't yeah. think this is an entirely quotable movie. No, I don't think But that's kind of the, the, the quote that starts out the movie. And it's referenced several times throughout the movie by Gabriel, right? Yep. So that's the one that I had. Um, did you have a favorite and least favorite character? Um, no, I kind of thought they were all really good. I thought yeah. they did a really good job. I liked both detectives. I liked the sister. I liked Madison. Mm. I liked whoever played Gabriel. Yeah. Um, they the did a great tor- job. The with, they, they did a great job with uh, the mom. Yeah, she looked just like her. Yep. Um, yep. I have no complaints in that. You know, who I also liked too was the um, the forensic criminologist. Yeah, she was that, funny. Uh, that had a crush on oh, the detective and was always trying to hit on him the entire time, and he just like wasn't responding. Like, I, I thought everybody was good. I didn't really have anybody that I didn't like, uh, aside from the douchebag husband boyfriend. Well, I mean, he he's sucked. easily the most hateable character. Well, in the yeah, movie. who would like him? Total fucking scumbag, piece of shit. So, yeah, I don't know, I guess beyond that. Um, any beefs with the cast? It's kind of the same nope. thing, but I don't think so either. I really liked how they um, put her in a house, put them in a house that seemed like it would be a perfect haunted house, mm. like where paranormal activity would happen, because I think that kind of contributed to why you thought certain things were happening. Yep. And I think they did a really good job with that. With almost it definitely was a spooky-looking house. They were, they were trying yeah. to confuse you. They wanted you to think that this was like a ghost paranormal movie and then oh what I was going to say is we were talking about favorite scenes is yes. I loved the way that they when she was watching the deaths happen mm-hmm. of the other people like how they transformed the scene into that the other was house definitely I thought that cool. was awesome really they cool. did a great job with that just like the, it was so cool like they nailed that I just I, and, and I feel like that is just that that like the laundry room scene when she's looking in the yes. open door of the, the dryer yes. and you can see it and then all of a sudden the scene is like like who, who, who are changes. you why are you in my house yeah. and all of a sudden she realizes she's like this she's is my house watching and something she's like, else no, wait I'm in someone else's house yeah. that was awesome yeah I, I just like it's a testament to the uniqueness of this movie. This movie was like a combination of Saw, The Conjuring, and like, like it was just, it was 
You couldn't ask for a better horror. Yeah, movie. I, I loved this movie. Um, do you have any nitpicks? Nope. I don't either. I can't think of one, and if I could, it's probably a nitpick. Cat, do you have any nitpicks? Obviously. Um, I don't know. I didn't like the I woman's like, eyeshadow. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Cat, right. where are you? We need you. Where are you? We need these nitpicks. I knew, so I, I, knew, I knew these categories would fly without her tonight. So we miss you, Cat. We miss you. We kid because we care. Um, There's just so many it's hard to tell, but did you have a favorite kill or favorite death in this movie? Um, So I can't remember exactly... There were so many deaths. Yeah. But it was definitely in the jails. I found those to be the most satisfying Those were so kills. good. I yeah. don't know what happened, but when that the when they were kicking they're kicking her in the stomach, they're beating the shit out of her, and then they yeah. then all of a sudden Gabriel comes out and mm-hmm. the, one of them runs up to the, the uh, bars in the prison and she I don't know what Gabriel does. I don't know if he rips her face through it, but it is so fucked. I think he sticks his arm through her completely and out the other side through the iron bars. I think that's what happens. If I had to, if I remember correctly, this honestly, there's so many deaths in this movie. Just fucking watch this movie. It's the the body count has to be close to a hundred. I would think or fifty. Fifty. It like I would say it, over. It 50. might be more than fifty. It could be. It was. It, you you can't even keep count. Yeah, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Um, okay, so. Would this movie make a good haunted attraction? And I say, uh, yep. It would be. I don't know how you fucking do it. Yeah, it'd be tough. You need a contortionist. You could have uh, some animatronics with the uh, you know the parasitic twin of Gabriel. You could have some actors doing it. I, think I mean, obviously, it, it, it you'd, could have work. Have, you'd have the jail work. cell, the police station, and maybe the other main deaths that happen. Maybe the attic. You could, you could do I some mean, good. You could do some good sets. Someone here, that knows what they're doing could scares. do a really good job with yeah, that. Barrett's so could too. kill this. Yeah. Oh, Barrett's could kill it. Hey, Barrett's. Yeah. Maybe may, uh, next year a little malignant. I mean, Barrett's is. They've done such a good job, and they have such a notorious reputation. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be able to ever get the rights to do a film adaptation in their house. But I mean. They do similar things to this, I'd say, all the time. So last question, uh, or second to last question, I'd say, do you feel like this movie deserves a sequel? Would you watch a sequel to this? Does it need a sequel? I think it's a perfect standalone movie. I don't even know how you do do a sequel to this movie. Even though the ending, um, the last shot, leaves it open for a sequel. It does, but don't ruin it. Yeah, I feel like it's perfect the way it is. Not that James Wan would ruin it. With a sequel, he he'd, would probably he'd make pass it, awesome. it. He'd pass it he off to somebody and get a, a producer credit, and they would turn it into a franchise. Which yeah. I honestly I would not be surprised. I if wouldn't they did. be surprised at that, but there's no need to do that. Yeah, let this be what it is. Okay, which is awesome. I'm with so. you. I agree 100. percent So with that being said, Andrew, we have come to an- the end of another episode, and uh, uh, this time about *Malignant*. I ask you, do you have any final thoughts about this movie before we wrap it up? Um, I think this is one of those movies that if you haven't seen it yet. Definitely fucking watch it. And I want to watch this. Yeah. I feel like you got to yeah. watch this two, three times. This is a movie that's easily watchable multiple times if you can stomach it, if you have, if it's the type of movie. Because, like Mike said, this movie isn't for everyone. Not everyone's going to like this movie. A lot of people might feel uncomfortable. They might be offended by it. But if you can stomach it, Give it a yeah. second watch because I am definitely going to give this one a second too. watch. Like, please, 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 if you're a horror fan, do not snooze on this movie. 
Oh, there's no snoozing. Yeah. You it, can't it's, snooze. It's there's great. no way to snooze. Like, don't, don't let this one pass you by. Um, like, as horror yeah. fans, Mike, what is one of the main things that you want out of a movie? Originality. Originality. And, Originality. And, yeah. That's it. I don't give a fuck. Yep. You can, anyone can show people dying, killing people. This movie shows people dying. This movie shows people getting killed in magnificent ways. But this movie has what most horror movies lack. Originality. Yeah. So, even if you don't like it, you got to respect it. Because it is so original and it is so fucking awesome. That if you don't like this movie, I don't fucking like you. So, fuck <laughs> off. I couldn't have said it better to, better myself. So I think uh, with that being said, that's going to wrap it up for this catless edition of America's Hometown Horror. Cat, we miss you, and she'll be back next week, I promise you. She just had a prior commitment tonight, but here's where you can find our show on the following social media platforms, including our website, which is ahpod.com, A-H-H-P-O-D.com. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just go on there and search for America's Hometown Horror, and you will find us. You can also tweet at us at Hometown Horror. You can find us on Instagram at Hometown Horror Pod. That's the uh, social media platform we use the most. And you can also shoot us an email at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find our show pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, blah, 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 blah. This has been a catless episode of America's Hometown Horror. Andrew, nice job, brother. I think we uh, we killed it without our partner Loved in crime. It. Awesome movie, easy to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have to so. do much. The movie speaks for itself. This is much more of a you and I movie than it is a cat movie. Yeah. So I feel like this fit perfectly, right? This 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 type of movie is everything. This is um, I could see like I'm, like Clive Barker could have written this movie. Yeah. Like, yep. So obviously, I'm gonna like this movie. Agreed. Agreed. All right, we'll say goodbye to your listeners, my friend. Later. Good evening. And we have no Otis tonight, so bye. 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 Hey, everyone. It's Mike from America's Hometown Horror. And just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show. Because, of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus, and Old Colony Cast. Head on over and give them a listen.